we've been talking about feelings, and, and this is these next two two uh, messages. I mean, we, we're 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 consistently getting more and more in depth in in what we're talking about, uh, and and up to this point where we've been re- really just trying to get you guys to understand that your emotions and your feelings they they cannot be the driving force in your life. They can't be how you see the world, they, how you, in 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 the how you make decisions and, and all of these things. We, we've seen how the flesh, that, that to mind the flesh leads to death, but to mind the Spirit leads to life and, life and peace. Right? And so now we're taking a transition because you are a spiritual being. Do you, do you know that? And, and to operate in the kingdom of God, you have to operate in the Spirit. And unfortunately, when you start talking about spiritual things, Christians, this is where you start losing some people. Because we're so in tune to the flesh. We're so in tune to religion. What do you mean? I, I need to do this, this, and this, and then life is great. You know, we like formulas. We like things that that are in the, our five physical senses. We like those type of things. But the the spirit is not something that can be seen or um, experienced through the flesh. Now the manifestation, the results of, of, of walking in the Spirit can be seen and, and felt in the flesh, but the Spirit itself cannot. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, it says, Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely. Whose job is it to, to sanctify us? May, may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We see right here that Holy Spirit tells us, as Paul writes it, he says that you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body and and God wants that he wants that he wants to work in and through you and sanctify you completely he wants your spirit to be sanctified your spirit was sanctified when you made Jesus Christ the lord of your life you became a new creation you became one spirit with him in you in your spirit is i and it's a Image of Christ. But here's the problem. We have a soul and we, got a, we have a body. And our, soul, and our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And just like a computer, if you do not program your mind with the correct software, it won't operate in the way that's in. It's intended, 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 yeah. So, because of sin in the world, a lot of our souls, our mind, will, and emotions have been tainted by a virus called sin. And our operating system doesn't work correctly. So we have to reboot and we have to reprogram, and the Bible calls that renewing your mind. 
that we need to renew our mind to the eternal truth of who we are in Christ Jesus. Right? You are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. So regardless of how you may feel physically, regardless of how you might feel emotionally, the Word of God says that you are the righteous. You are righteous. You are righteous. You are, it goes on, it literally says you are the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, that right there is enough to blow your mind. You know, we, we mentally assent to that. We mentally assent that, yeah, that's a religious speak. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yes, amen. But we don't believe it. Think of what it's saying. It's saying. What does righteous mean? It means to be right. You are right. It says that you are as right as God. I did not say that. God said that. In Christ Jesus, you are the very righteousness of God. The reason why we talked about shame, we talked about guilt, we talked about condemnation, we talked about um, a poor self-image, all of these things is because we don't believe the truth. The truth is you're right. Well, Chad, why do I do wrong things if I'm right? That's a good question. You should ask yourself that more often. See, we do wrong things because we don't believe we're right. Right believing leads to right actions. It, it's not the other way around. See, it, religion teaches you if you do the right actions, you do the right things, things, then you will be right. The Gospel says, I have made you right. I have declared you right. I have made you a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now act like it. There's a big difference between those two. You are the very righteousness of God in Jesus who has sanctified you and made you spiritually perfect. We spend the most of our lives on earth trying to become more and more spiritually perfect. How much of our life have we wasted trying to become more of what we think God wants us to be? When, it's, when He says you have been perfected in Christ, do you, do you see this? Do you see how we need to believe the Gospel? We need to believe the truth? And everything else becomes simple. We've been made holy. Now what does holy mean? Holy means to be set apart. God is absolute holy. He's completely set apart from all things. And we are made holy in Him. Now and forever. 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 There is no such thing as being born again, lost, born again, lost, born again, lost, born again, lost. 
Your spirit is either alive in Christ Jesus or you're dead in Adam. There's only, there's only two options. You are one spirit with Him. And He, and as He is, so are you in this world. That is who we are. That is who you are. So the question is, if that's who we are, so how do we operate in these new crea- creation realities? Right? What good is it if that's who I am on the inside of me, if I feel like this on the outside of me? Right? And that's our discussion today. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, John says, But ye have an unction from the Holy One. Now that word unction, I don't know why sometimes they translate things. It means anointing. You have the anointing. You have an anointing. An anointing means to be poured on, smeared. You know, you anoint a king with oil. There's an anointing that God has given us from the Holy One, right? You have an, an anointing from the Holy One. We've been had something poured upon us from, from God, right? And it says, you have this anointing from the Holy One and you know, you know all things. Again, you're thinking, the Bible is so confusing. I don't, I don't get this. Chad, I don't know all things. You should have seen my math grades. I don't know all things. Just ask my wife. You know? <laughs> I mean... When you read this, you think about it. You either just skim over it and, and don't think about it, or you think about it and say, man, this is just too, too confusing. I don't, the Bible's so hard to understand. How can this be true? I must be missing something. What is John really, he, what's he really saying here? Because I certainly, we certainly don't know all things. We have to remember, what he, these are, this is spirit. He's speaking to your spirit. Your spirit is the real and the eternal eternal part of you. The part of you that lives forever is your spirit and your soul. Your spirit, when it meets Jesus, will be exactly the same. But your soul, when it meets Jesus, will become one with your spirit. And you will be known even as as you are known. Pastor Tom talked about that. The first person you meet when you get to heaven is you. The real you. And and it says, you are a spirit, and and that's the eternal part of you, and it is born again. And you have an anointing from God and in your spirit is where you know all things. In your spirit, your spirit, your born born again spirit knows all things. There is knowledge that's available to us all and we can also call back into remembrance things that have happened in the past, things that we've learned, the Word of God. The Bible says that you don't have to worry about what you're going to say, that the Holy Spirit will bring back to remembrance 
what you are to say. Look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, it says, For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? And most people stop right there. You know, God's ways are higher than our ways. You never know what God's going to do. But then it goes on to say, But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. And we don't know what to do with that part of the Scripture. I can understand not knowing all things. I can understand that we don't know the mind of the Lord. I understand that His ways are mysterious. The Lord works in mysterious ways. I understand that, but I don't understand, but we have His mind. We have the mind of Christ. And that's because we, the things that we're saying that we understand, we're understanding through our flesh, through our carnal mind, from what we can see, what we can touch, what we can taste, what we can hear, all of the, our feelings, what we can feel. And this is talking about spiritual things. In your spirit, you have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. So the, if, so the question is, if this is true, is it true? Is it, that's the first thing we've got to come to agreement on. Is, is this true? There's a lot of people that pick and choose what they want to believe is, is true. This, so this, the Word of God is true, right? So if that's true and I have the mind of Christ, why does it seem not to be any help in my life? <laughs> Don't you think it would be great to have Christ's mind in our daily, to walk out in our daily life? That's a great question. And I'm glad you asked it. So where is the mind of Christ? The mind of Christ is in your spirit. The mind of Christ is in your spirit. And to manifest its benefits... To manifest the benefits of what is ours in the Spirit. What the inheritance of the saints. What um, the promises of God have their yes and amen in Christ Jesus. These new creation realities. To have those benefits in our life, we have to draw them out of our spirit so that they become a reality in the physical. Right? So how do we draw what's in our spirit? The first thing is by the Word of God. We've already read this. We've, we've covered this already. The Word of God is spirit and life. The Word of God is spirit and life. Jesus says, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The writer of Hebrews says that the Word of God is living and powerful. They contain life. Words contain life. Words can build or they can tear down. They contain life. Remember what Jesus said? He said in, in, in John 6, 63, He says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and life. 
Your spirit and life. So the Word of God, reading the Word of God is not about you being a good Christian. It's not about trying to please God. It's not about a religious discipline. It's literally where we find life. And we draw out of the well of salvation. We draw up out of our spirit the realities, the truth of who we are. We've, we've covered this already. James says that the Word of God is like a mirror. And he says, when you are not a doer of the Word, you're like a man that looks in the mirror and then walks away and forgets what, that, what you look like. There's lots of Christians that look in the Word of God, the, 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 the mirror of God, and see their identity in Christ Jesus and walk away and live just like everyone else. Not only live like everyone else, but has their hope and their faith in carnal things just like everyone else. We are not peculiar people. The peculiar people that we're called to be. We have a blessed hope. And that blessed hope is in Christ. It's in, a, it's, it's in the spiritual realm of God. Right? So, the Word of God is the mind of Christ. As you read it, God, the Holy Spirit, comes alongside you and illuminates you. It gives you revelation to the Word of God. The wisdom that is located in your spirit begins to come out. It, beca- it begins to come out. And when it starts coming out, this wisdom starts coming out, revelation starts coming out, it's, it it's quickens your mortal bodies and, and your physical mind begins to be educated, to be, to be transformed, to be renewed. And your emotions and your actions, they follow. Your emotions and your actions follow. But there's something else that Paul says that we must choose to do. We must choose to do. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 9, it says, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its Creator. It's being renewed in knowledge. You know all things. You have the mind of Christ. Your new self, as you start putting on that new self, knowledge starts coming and you start seeing your image that is created in the Creator. If you want to go one step further, your image is just like Jesus. So what is this old self that we must put off? And what is this new self we must put on? The old self is our old, unregenerated spirit. Our new self is our new, born-again spirit. And when you understand this, things in the Bible that seem barbaric, they seem like... And I, and I hesitate to bring this up because people don't like talking about this, but the covenant... Of circumcision. Doesn't that's just weird? It's just weird. 
this is what it's a symbol of. This is that was a shadow of the reality. See, you can't see your old self. You can't see your new self. And you can't see if someone. <laughs> Someone's been been circumcised or someone hasn't been circumcised. It's personal. It's between... It's a personal thing. And the old self has to be removed. Cut away. So the new self can appear and be sensitive to the things of God. and, 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 And the old flesh is done away with and the new has come. It's it's all pointing to these things. I, I when I was younger, I was more foolish, and I actually did a whole series on circumcision. It was fun. <laughs> and now, and now your spirit, your spirit is renewed in the now in knowledge after the, the image of its creator. That is awesome. That is awesome. And who is its creator? Jesus. It says, all things were created in Him and in Him. All things were made in Him and in Him. Nothing was made that was made. Basically, Jesus made it all. And He says that He made it for His glory. He made it for His glory. So we have the mind of Christ in our spirits giving us the same wisdom and knowledge of God who created us. Of Jesus who created us. We just need to learn how to access that wisdom and that knowledge. Right? In Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6, it says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From His mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom For the upright, He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. In Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3, it says, With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. With joy you shall draw water from the wells of salvation. So the question is, if my brain is physical, and the wisdom of God is in my spirit, how do I reap the benefits of this when the problems I face every day are in the physical. Right? Put another way, what is the benefit, is it, to have the mind of Christ if the mind of Christ is in my spirit when I'm living in a physical world? Does it have no benefit? Is it just for when we get to heaven one day? The very first step is acknowledgement. <laughs> you first have to acknowledge that you do have the mind of Christ. That has to be your very first step. That has to become a reality to you. It has to be bigger than how you feel. It has to be bigger than your, your, your carnal mind. It has to be bigger than what the world says about you. It has to be bigger than what religious leaders have said. It has to be bigger than everything else you have to say, this is truth. I see it in Scripture. It says I have the mind of Christ and I'm going to believe it. I have the mind of Christ. The very first thing is you have to acknowledge that this is truth. Now that you know 
It's there in the Bible. Now you need to know how to access the wisdom and knowledge. And one way the Bible says that we can access this wisdom is speaking in tongues. See, you think that speaking in tongues is to show people how spiritual you are. You think it's to have a good worship service. You think it's to prove that you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The majority of the time, if that's the reason why you're speaking in tongues, it's carnal. And it profits you nothing. It's a spiritual show. You're thinking, you might be sitting here and saying, I didn't know there's church believes in speaking in tongues. Well, we do. It's in the Bible. We believe it. And we're going to show you how important it is for a believer's life. It's not to put on a show. It's to be empowered by the Spirit of God. So, if you're thinking, I didn't know that. Well, your car's been parked out in the parking lot. Everybody's seen your car. So they already think you're a tongue talker. So you might as well just get it all. Get all the promises. Get it, get it, get it anyways, right? So, <laughs> so let's look at what Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 14. In 1 Corinthians 14, 2, it says, For one who speaks in tongue, in a tongue, speaks not to men, but to God. So the very first thing is, is if you say, I don't like it when people are speaking in tongues because I don't know what they're saying. That's good. Because they're not talking to you. It says here that they're speaking to God. They're speaking to God. For no one understands Him. If someone's speaking in tongues and you don't like it because you don't understand them, they're being biblical. Unless... I got a whole teaching on all this. You guys can look it up if you want to. But really quick, there is a difference between a corporate gift of tongues. Now, a corporate gift of tongues is when someone stands up in the middle, like right now, and gives, speaks out something in an unknown language. If that happens in a corporate body, then someone else has to stand up and interpret. Why do they need to interpret? Because no one is edified when you speak in tongues in a corporate setting and we don't know what you said. It ha- there's a, another spiritual gift called the interpretation of tongues. And then when they interpret that tongue, it edifies the body. Right? We, can, we, we know it. But there's another use of speaking in tongues that's a personal it's a prayer language. It's, it's a prayer language. And that's what Paul is talking about here. He says, he, he speaks to God for no one understands Him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. He's uttering mysteries in the Spirit. Now, what are these mysteries? I, we can speculate. We can, we can, but if I'm the type of person that likes to interpret the Bible with the Bible. So, there's two other times that Paul uses the word mysteries in the same book that he wrote this verse. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, it says, how, this is how one should regard us. This is how one should regard us. So, this is how one should regard you. As servants of Christ and stewards 
of the mysteries of God. You are a steward of the mysteries of God. Where are those mysteries? They're in your spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2, it says, And if I have prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and if I have faith so to move mountains, but not have love, I am nothing. So he's tying these mysteries, that, these mysteries that we're stewards of, the mysteries of God, he's tying it to understanding and knowledge. And it says when you pray in tongues, you utter mysteries. You utter mysteries. You are, you are, you are drawing water out of, that, of the well of salvation. There are some times when, when I pray for an individual, I will pray in tongues. And the reason why I pray in tongues isn't because that individual needs to hear how spiritual I am. I need wisdom. I need understanding. How do we pray for this individual? Maybe you've had someone pray for you and you've heard them either loudly or under their breath praying in an unknown language. And the reason they do that is because they're, they're becoming dependent on God. They, they don't want to go by what they see. They don't want to go by what they've heard. Because a lot of times when people ask for prayer, they tell you a lot of stuff. And none of it's what the Word says. They tell you, <laughs> tell you a lot of stuff. You don't want to go by what you see and you hear and you're feeling. I mean, you might be feeling, man, I don't even feel like I have faith to pray for this person. You can't go by that feeling. You've got to go by the, 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 the Word that says you have the faith of Christ. Right? And, and so people pray in the Spirit because they want to pray how God leads them to pray. They want to pray, they want to pray in wisdom. So this wisdom, this knowledge, these mysteries are in your spirit and when you pray, you, you are praying mysteries. And Paul, and again, this isn't a whole teaching on, on tongues. You can, there's a lot, I, go look, at, look up teachings on the Holy Ghost and stuff that we've done in the past. But Paul also tells us that we can pray that we interpret Your mind, your physical mind, can interpret the language, the words that are being said. That you can know the mysteries of God. Interpret the mysteries of God. Interpret the wisdom of God. Listen to what Jude... This is Jude. Um, Jude is Jesus' half-brother. So let's see if he knows anything. I think he does. In Jude, there's only one chapter, but verse 20 it says, But you, beloved. I love that. I love everywhere in the Bible it calls us beloved. We are God's beloved. It says, But you, beloved, building yourself, building yourself, building yourself. How many of you want to build yourself up in the Lord? How many of you want to build yourself up in the Spirit? How many of you want to build yourself up in wisdom and mysteries and knowledge? It says, but you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith. 
praying in the Holy Spirit. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, when you pray in, in the Spirit, when you pray in tongues, you're literally building yourself up. You are charging yourself up. You are, you are, you are, you are tapping into the spiritual realm. This is, this is a gift that God has given His children to tap into the supernatural realm to get His wisdom, to get His understanding. It's awesome! No wonder religion and the devil has fought this so hard. Because if he can keep the wisdom of God from the church, he can hinder the kingdom of God from being built in the earth. So we understand that the mind of Christ is in you. And we can draw it out. You know, if you have money in a bank, let's say you have an inheritance and they deposited it for you into a bank, right? The first thing you got to do is you got to figure out where the bank is. You got to figure out how do I get out of the bank what is mine? And that's where the Word of God comes into place. The Word of God tells us how, what are the things, what are the spiritual laws, what, are, what, are, what is the, the way that, that we tap into what is ours in the spiritual realm. And then, we draw it out. We, we, we make withdrawal, just like um, Isaiah was saying, that we draw out the waters of salvation. You know, what good is it if, there, if you're thirsty and there's a well and there's water down there, but there's no bucket to draw it out? When we pray in the Spirit, we, not, we, we learn from how we do things, from the Word of God. We learn from that. And the, the Word of God says that, the, that praying in the Spirit is a bucket. It's a spiritual bucket that we drop down into the wells of salvation and we draw out the things that our thirsty lives need. We draw, we draw it out. Jude is saying, we build ourselves up. It could really, it, you could almost say, we draw out of our spirit everything that we need from God for life and godliness. Yep. So we make these withdrawals. We, we, we learn how to make these withdrawals. We, 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 we pray in the spirit and we draw out of our spirit the wisdom of God. The first step to accessing the mind of Christ, the wisdom of God is knowing it is there. Right? First, you've got to acknowledge that this is truth. That you do have the mind of Christ in your spirit are the mysteries of God. You have God gives wisdom. It's all in you. You've already got it. That's truth. And then we need to draw it out. We need to draw it out. And, and believe that God wants to impart this to us. He wants to impart this to you. You know, how many... Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The issue with most of the children of God is that they don't know what God has put on the inside of them. They're still trying to obtain something that they already have by grace. 
That's the definition of religion. To constantly be trying to get something from God. If we just pray enough, if, if, if we confess the Word enough, then we'll finally get God in a headlock and He'll pour out the blessings that I need in my life. No. His side was ripped wide open and all the blessings of God flowed out, out of Jesus. In Christ, we have all the blessings of God. He's freely given it to us. And, and, and because they don't know, they don't know what God has put on the inside of them, it's not even, these aren't, this isn't even an option to them. When, when things of life get thrown at them, like feelings of depression, or confusion on if they're male or female, or sexual perversion and sexual confusion. When, when, when thoughts, when the things of this world get thrown on an individual, and they don't know what, and I'm talking about even Christians, and they don't know what God has already put into them, they don't awaken to the reality that in their spirits, like a depression, it's more comfortable to talk about depression, isn't it? Let's talk about depression. When thoughts of depression comes on a person, they don't know what's already in them, and they don't awaken to the reality that in their spirits that they are already filled with the joy of the Lord. That in your spirit is the fruit of the Spirit. Part of that fruit is joy. You have the joy of Jesus in you. Right? You have the joy of Jesus in you. In your born again spirit. And your spirit is always praising God. You might not be in your mind and in your flesh, but your spirit is always praising God. Your spirit's always having a party. Because it's good and it's just going to get better and better as we draw closer and closer to Jesus. It, 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 and you can, you can draw this truth out of your spirit into the physical. This goes back to what we taught previously in Romans 8.6, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. You can either set your mind on the things that are depressing you, or you can set your mind on the things that are giving you life and joy. In Christ Jesus. What are you setting your mind to? What are you setting your mind to? Do you, do you, I, I hope you see this. I hope you, I'm, not, I'm conveying this clearly. What are you setting your mind on? I say, I love Pastor Chet. You know what that means, don't you? Here's the issue. Most people like to set their minds on the flesh because we love to throw a party. We love to throw pity parties. We love it. <laughs> People <laughs> love to tell you how terrible things are in their life. I don't understand it, but they do. They like to gripe. They like to complain. The good news is, if, I, if, if, I, if you think that I'm talking about you, that's only in your flesh. In your spirit, man, you're having a party. you got joy unspeakable. 
you like to like to talk about the blessings and the promises of God and the and the and the and, and the glory of God and and all the eternal truths that are yours in Christ Jesus. So that's what I see. You know, in, in Corinthians it it talks about um, when it talks about we're a new creation in Christ Jesus and all that. And Paul literally says, "From thus we see no man according to the flesh." Wouldn't it be great if we Christians could see each other? Is how we are truly in the in the spirit. That we don't judge one another according to the flesh, but we judge one another according to who we are in Christ. And we and we constantly encouraged each other to become who we are in Christ instead of um, judging and backbiting and and um, ostracizing people according to the flesh. That'd be awesome. But we like to have a pity party. We like to gripe and complain. We live in a culture due to prosperity that we have the luxury of playing the victim. Most people in the world don't have that luxury to be a victim. They're not prosperous enough to be a victim. They're not prosperous enough to even know what depression is. Think about this. Do you know where depression is the most prevalent? In the most prosperous nations. And America is at the top. There's lots of people that all they're thinking about is how do I get enough water and enough food and keep my family safe for today. So people take offense to what I'm saying right here because they are being presented with the truth from God's Word and they have to make a choice. They have to make a choice. We have to choose to mind the things of the flesh or to mind the things of the Spirit. We have to choose to speak the truth of God's Word or the lies of the flesh. Now what I'm saying is, I'm not saying that what you're experiencing in your life is a lie. But if what you are believing is contrary to what the Word of God says, you are believing a lie. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your facts can change. Truth never changes. It might be a fact you're feeling this way. It might be a fact that you are having these things happen in your life. Thank God your facts can change. But His truth is eternal and unwavering and unchanging. Amen? You can choose to have anger. You can choose to have depression or any negative type of emotion that comes up in you. And you can, or you can take authority over it. You don't have to accept it. And this is something that me personally, I, I, I need to learn. I, I need to learn not to be moved by my, my emotions. You know, most of the things that happen that I say that hurts people and, and is ungodly and, and hurts relationships and all those things, they happen when I am moved by my carnal emotions and not by my spirit. 
I mean, I think we all can agree to that, can't we? That most of the things that we regret in life is when we were moved by our emotions. You can choose to live by your spiritual emotions, not your carnal emotions. What, am I, what are my spiritual, spiritual emotions? The fruit of the Spirit. You can, you can have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you, and you can choose to walk and live by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Now understand, I understand what I'm sharing to you is not easy. I'm in the same boat with you guys. Right? What I'm teaching, I also have to do in my own life. Right? So, understand. I understand that this is not easy. But it's simple. It's simple because drawing... it's it's not easy because drawing on on God's wisdom is a process, but it's it's simple because it's a reality. It's not something that we have to make happen. You understand? You know, understand? What's, God has already established this as truth, so we're not making that truth a reality. It is reality. We just have to walk through the process, the process of drawing that truth out, and walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit is not easy. If it, if, it, if it was, everyone would do it. Right? It, Paul says in Galatians, walk in the Spirit and you will not gratify the lusts of the flesh. Right? This is something we, we are learning to do. And when Jesus comes back, we, <laughs> that's what that transformation and the twinkling of the eye is all about. Everything that's already in you will become a reality. But to the point that we walk out these spiritual truths, as, as we walk in the Spirit, as we, as we learn from the Word of God, as we draw things out of our spirit through praying in the Spirit, we can have that blessing. We can have those realities manifest in our lives. Life can be better. It doesn't have to be negative all the time. It doesn't have to be depressing. It doesn't have to be lived out in fits of rage. right? Unforgiveness. right? All of these things. You can either walk in negative feelings or you can deny them. You can deny your feelings. We started the very first message with a quote from Smith Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth had a person come to him and say, how, how is Smith Wigglesworth, how's, how's Smith Wigglesworth feeling today? And he turned to him and says, I don't ask Smith Wigglesworth how he's feeling. I tell Smith Wigglesworth how he's feeling. A lot of people got ang- angry at Smith. Let's see why. He just let, it, 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 it was truth. And, and do you, how many times have we said, how, how's it going? How are you feeling? How's life? What, what are we saying? I want you to reflect. On the on the on the on the carnal, I want you to reflect reflect on the physical. I want you to reflect on the flesh, and give me a report on that. Man, even the way we, we greet one another, we're trying to um, conform our minds to this fallen world. 
constantly look at the fallen world instead of instead of how are you doing in the spirit today? How how are you in Christ today? I mean, what would happen if we started greeting each other like that? Then they couldn't tell you all the negative stuff. That'd be true. I don't know. I'm getting off on a tangent. But anyways, you can choose to reject negative feelings. You can deny them. You can focus your mind on who you are in Christ. Pray in the Spirit. Acknowledge what God's Word says about you. And those realities in Christ will, will start manifesting themselves in your physical emotions. They manifest, the wisdom comes in your mind, and then it changes your emotions, and then it changes your actions. Right? This is the truth. And the truth will set you free. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.